I don't want anything that we say today to come across as like a, a warning for people to not do what we're doing because I think that there is a chance, especially if you're like an especially cautious person, that you could take what we're going to say and kind of interpret it that way. And that's not how we mean it at all. I think this is just another example of us being very real and transparent about what traveling and living this lifestyle is like. And you don't want a bad experience to ruin this entire thing for you. If you're the kind of person who really wants to do something like this, especially if you're on your own, I don't want what I'm saying, what we're going to talk about to, to be like a, a warning and like, oh, you shouldn't do it. Maybe you should reconsider because that's not it at all. It's just, this is a reality and it's important to keep that in mind and have your head on a swivel and, and pay attention to your surroundings. Mm -hmm. And this is the perfect time for us to talk about something like this because we have been on the road for the last month um, and we actually had an experience about a week and a half ago that reinforced for us the importance of having safety as a priority and this is not like a, a new thing this is something that comes up for everyone sooner or later whenever you are traveling and so I think for us to kind of add our perspective in is a good idea because I don't think that you can be too careful, especially if you are traveling solo. But even if it's you and another person, I mean, shit happens. It's a, a big wide world and you don't need us to tell you that not everybody has your best interests at heart. But that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the road and that doesn't mean that there aren't good things about it. Mm -hmm. So I want to put that little bit of a disclaimer out there yeah. first. We'll start with the story first and then kind of um, give you our perspective on on everything and, and, and why we, we value the things that we do. And this story perfectly illustrates it. So yeah, I'll let you tell the story and then we'll, we'll get into it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so we've traveled from Texas to Idaho, where we are now. We've gone through a lot of remote areas. We've gone through... Um, unfamiliar areas mm -hmm. also and that's that's a big thing that I want to hit on but very recently we were north of Boise Idaho and headed to a national forest pull-off um, in route to where we're, we're going our final destination and we stopped um, in, in kind of a valley where it looked like it was going to be the last good cell reception we were going to get Mm -hmm. And we were on the phone with a friend of ours, and we didn't want to have the call drop. It was it was a good combo, mm -hmm. so we pulled on the shoulder, and maybe for fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes, something not like long. that. It wasn't long. No, not not crazy long. Um, but while we were sitting there, right at right at the tail end of the phone call, a car, just out of the blue. I mean, there, there were ones passing by and everything, but they pulled on the shoulder in front of us, maybe 20, 30 feet. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that was weird. Maybe other people know that we're going to run out of cell service um, and they do the same thing. Yeah. That wasn't super, you know. It wasn't alarming. Yeah, that wasn't alarming. Well, then the reverse lights came on. The next thing in my brain was, okay, maybe they didn't get all the way in park. That's happened to me. <laughs> that happens plenty of times to a lot of people. They just sit there with their foot on their brake and not realize it. Well, then the vehicle started backing up. Um, it kept backing up, backing up, and right about then, we looked at each other and had about that kind of feeling of, nope, not today. Just put it in drive, rolled away, get away from it, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
somebody being weird. Maybe they're trying to be helpful. Maybe they're, I didn't know. I don't, I didn't need to talk to them. I didn't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to deal with them mm-hmm. in any regard. So we drove away. Well, as soon as we did that, that vehicle that had backed up to us, and I, I think they fully intended to, to get all the way up against our bumper, um, they pulled out mm-hmm. and began following us. Mm-hmm. Freaked me out. Um, freaked you out. And we were like, what the heck? And we're trying to finish up the phone call we're on. And it was just, uh, we don't know what's going on. That was kind of weird. Not like the craziest things ever happened to us in the world, but yeah, I mean, it was a yellow flag. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. But at the same time, like maybe they were just trying to be helpful. And and then we got back on the road and they were like, okay, never mind, And they just got behind us and, Mm -hmm. and okay. Like that's, it was weird. I'm glad we pulled out, didn't hang around, but mm-hmm. I was willing to to just kind of let bygones be bygones and forget about it. Yeah. And so then we proceeded through um, a couple really steep grades. And if you know anything about pulling an RV, you're going super slow um, because you don't want to overheat your brakes or you don't want to overheat, you know, components of your engine also. So we were going like 20, 30, 40 miles an hour and they just zoomed around us kind of like most people would do mm-hmm. when you're going down grades and there's a truck and a trailer going 20 mm-hmm. next to you. All right, cool, whatever. Well, we got through that next little town after those grades and lo and behold, that vehicle was sitting on the shoulder and as soon as we like, as soon as we saw it, we both looked at each other like, weird mm-hmm. and as soon as we passed them they pulled right back out and got right back behind us it made the hair on my arm stand up it made it made a lot of hair stand up and okay what's going on are they following us mm-hmm. that was more of a red flag mm-hmm. okay so we we're just gonna keep driving go to where we needed to go and y- you know just y- be mindful of the situation that was going on um, that all these random ideas were running through our head about. Well, that vehicle, uh, whenever there was like us, them, and a third vehicle, uh, I noticed they would pull off to the shoulder and let the vehicle behind them pass because in turn that vehicle would then pass us. And then it was just us and them. And that kind of freaked me out because there was no reason for them to go 20, 30, 40 miles an hour on these windy mountain roads in the middle of nowhere, just like us. Um, And and, and to want to like be stuck to us like glue. Mm -hmm. It was like, what are they doing? Are they, is this somebody mad at us? If they were mad, they'd be honking, swerving around, doing something. I didn't know what was happening. My heart started beating a little faster. Mm-hmm. Well, both of ours did. Yeah. Um, and it's getting dark. Yeah. We're in an unfamiliar area. Reception is spotty. Then it starts to snow. Yeah. Like. Then they, they pulled away, I think, one more time. And then we passed them again. And they mm-hmm. pulled out again. Mm-hmm. That was like the nail in the coffin where it's like, okay. this is intentional. What is going on? They want to be alone with us. They want to follow us. And... We're coming up on this national forest spot where we are going to park for the night and figure things out. Um, Like we're going to figure out where we're going the next day. We're just going to be out and alone in the woods. And I, you and I both had that same feeling of if we pull over and 
do not pass where they had if we had pulled over and not passed where they had been they would have turned right around and came and found us 100 percent. i'm convinced i it uh, at this point it's it's beyond the hair standing up and beyond mental red flags we're talking about it. it's like what do we have alarms are blaring yeah what do we have in the truck what can help us um so we get ourselves into a situation where we think that okay um we're here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep driving. We're not going to stop at this spot. And we, we're going to continue on this road for like three hours. Um, we have a three hour drive tomorrow to get to our final destination. And we'll just drive mm -hmm. until we get to somewhere. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we got cell phone service, it, it was like, all right, if we're not driving, we need to go somewhere. And we put in the address for a sheriff's department mm -hmm. in the next big town coming up. There were various little bitty communities with absolutely no resources, um, but there were no sheriff's office. So we put in the address for the nearest sheriff's office, and then we lost service again. It's like, all right, what are we doing? Um, all right, this is getting freaky, and I feel like there's a chance that um, what ran through my head is that there's another vehicle out there that's going to pull out and stop us, and then we're going to be trapped. So when we got service again, we called 911, told them what happened, um, and they pretty much were like, we are going to get people headed your way. Mm -hmm. Like, we're taking this seriously. You're, you're telling us all these things. We think it's wrong, too. Like, don't um, stop driving. Don't yeah, pull over. Don't stop driving. Don't pull over. We got people coming your way. And maybe, maybe you want to kind of elaborate on, on some of the things they said. Well, I mean... Uh, huge also. props to the sheriff's department and the 911 dispatcher. I mean, you and I both have been in situations where we've called the police about something and they like did not take us seriously or kind of just brushed it off. We're just very blase about it. Um, when you live in, in high crime areas, that's kind of just the way it is and it's really unfortunate. And they, that didn't happen in this situation. They actually took us seriously. And the 911 dispatcher was like, okay, you know, we have your location. Uh, do you have any weapons in the vehicle? And we were like, yes. And, and she was like, good. Keep driving. Don't pull over. And from the very beginning, it was just very comforting to know that we were be being taken seriously. And that mm -hmm. helped a ton. And so um, we actually, that car, it, it was just stuck to us like glue. And it stayed that way for a really, really long time. And mm -hmm. we ended up intercepting the two sheriff's deputies that got dispatched. One of them continued on to try to find the car because of course, and I knew that, that this was gonna happen, mm -hmm. I wanted those SOBs to be pulled over so bad because it was scary, but I was angry. Like mm -hmm. I was really angry. How dare you think that? that gonna... Yeah, like anybody could do that and like pick somebody out like that and then follow them and make them feel unsafe. Like how dare you think that you can get away with doing something like that? And I really wanted them to get pulled over. But of course, like right as we came out of the canyon, finally, like an hour later, the car dipped off into some other little community. And then I want to say like five, ten minutes later, we intercepted the first sheriff's deputy. They continued on to look for the car, and then um, the second sheriff's deputy passed us, looped back around, and then followed us all the way back to the police department. And maybe you can kind of talk about the conversation that we had with him. Yeah, so we told the, the deputy where we had stopped. I mean, thankfully he was familiar with an area an hour and a half away, and mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, that's that new housing development. Mm -hmm. He's like, they followed you all the way from there? 
uh, this is this is absolutely intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, we're we'll let you know if we find them. Um, absolutely, we had a really good description on the vehicle. Um, we'll let you know if we find them, and we have enough of a reason to pull them over and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, thank you. Uh, that's that's kind of what that's kind of what this situation needs, I think, too, um, because. Even if even if you can't, there's no criminal activity like like crime being mm-hmm. committed. Um, Someone shows intent. Yeah, the, yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of intent here, and this may you know this may dismay them, and so uh, maybe the situation doesn't happen again to the next person, or, or we're able to establish some kind of correlation and trend um, if they are doing this on a recurring basis, trying to trying to target vehicles. Um, and I was like, dude, I wish I would have had my AR in the truck with me because not like I was going to stop and stand my ground and be like, what are you doing? But, um, I mean, we, we both had our handguns, but it was like, uh, I, I would have felt a whole lot better with that much more security. Absolutely. It was interesting too. the, the big part of the reason why they took it so seriously, um, is because the deputy told us that 99% of the like calls to service that they get are about like road related things, either accidents or um, aggressive drivers or DWIs or whatever. And so they, he was telling us that whenever they get calls like that, they always pursue it because they never know exactly what it is. And they like to try to be proactive because, I mean, it's a it's a big area. So most of the people who are coming through, if they're not local, they're, they're traveling. It's like mostly people traveling through. Mm-hmm. So you get all different types. And that was a big part of the reason why they took it seriously. And I'm so thankful that they did. Um, and we ended up giving them a statement and they had our information and they said they would call if they ended up finding the vehicle, but we never got a call. So I'm guessing that that means they never found them, which sucks because I really wanted them to get found. Mm -hmm. But, um, it really just goes to show like this whole situation goes to show how important it is to just be mindful of your surroundings and pay Mm -hmm. attention. And that's kind of what prompted us doing this episode today because I think it's a really important thing to talk about like Mm -hmm. we have friends who are planning on traveling this summer and like planning on traveling through this area and I um messaged one of them the next morning and was like hey just so you know this happened because she's a solo traveler and she has two dogs but it's just her and her two dogs and she's planning on coming through Idaho and it's like people need to know to pay attention and she actually ended up telling us a kind of crazy story about something that happened to somebody that she knew um, like a year ago or something in Mexico or New Mexico. Um, they were traveling through, their vehicle broke down. It was like one o'clock in the morning. They couldn't get a tow as quickly as they wanted to because they were just, you know, somewhere super remote. And so they ended up sleeping in their vehicle. While they were doing that, someone stopped and tried to break into their, their vehicle on the road. and they took off because the um, perpetrator thought that the person in the vehicle had a weapon and so they got scared and they and they left and come to find out once they were finally able to get a tow the tow truck driver told this person that there are people who like quote unquote run sections of the road and target people who are like broken down on the side of the road or maybe people who look like they're out out of state or whatever so this kind of thing happens and this is the first time anything like this has ever happened to either of us and both of us have traveled pretty extensively um but it just goes to show that it does happen Mm -hmm. 
and it's important to be to be mindful and i'm so thankful that we were paying attention that when that car first stopped the first time like it felt just weird enough to us that we didn't stick around to see what was going to happen um i'm so thankful that the sheriff's department was on top of their game and and took us seriously like yeah on uh, on duty at 10 11 o'clock at night now mm -hmm. um and ready to ready to answer the call to service mm -hmm. do their job and you know be out there to protect and serve Absolutely. the public it's just a it's a service that i cannot imagine anyone ever thinking that those kinds of services are not necessary in our world mm -hmm. because where there are good people there are bad people mm -hmm. um that is just human nature and that if there are things that people want and they value them more than you they will cause harm mm -hmm. um, and i fully believe that there were criminal intentions and that these people um, likely valued our lives less than theirs and um, I'm not gonna stand for that and I'm gonna support those people who are there to answer the call to service absolutely um, but we, we we bring all of this up because not just telling you a scary story because we don't want y'all to be scared we said that um, but we want to share some of those things that we've done over the course of all this time um, to feel safe, um, things we've done to help our situations out. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and yeah. This is, this is a hopefully informational thing to make you um, think about doing some of the things for yourself and, and put your head on a swivel. It's just tools for your tool belt if you're mm -hmm. planning on traveling. Yeah. So we're, we'll go ahead and start getting into some of those things now. I'm sure based on the story that we told, you can already guess what some of the, those things are. And I think it's just good general practice um, for anybody to do if you're planning on covering any distance of ground or, or even, you know, if you live somewhere and you feel like you're pretty safe, I mean, anything can happen. And it's always a good idea to just take extra steps to protect yourself because you don't you don't want to end up being a victim in a situation where it could have gone a different way if you had been a little bit more prepared. So we'll start getting into that list of things in a second. But before we do, I'm going to take a quick break. Coffee? And, yes, and maybe coffee. And we will be right back. And we are back. I want to say that I probably drink more coffee than is good for my health, <laughs> but I, I would even prefer this, you know, mildly cold coffee to most other drinks. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, maybe it's a little bit of a drug, but... Um, <laughs> it's definitely it's, a performance-enhancing substance. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy the flavor too. That doesn't hurt. Yeah, I know. There's just something about holding a nice hot cup of, like, in the morning... You know, I don't know, there's, I've, I've made the comparison of like, you know how sometimes people who are trying to kick smoking, they just, they miss holding a cigarette in their fingers. I almost think for me, like, yeah, the caffeine is nice and everything, but it's the like ritual of brewing the coffee and pouring it and seeing the steam rise from the cup and holding it in your hand. I almost like all of that stuff more than the actual caffeine. Although the caffeine is really, really good and there are definitely times when we've needed it. Mm. But yeah, I can definitely get behind what you're saying. Um, all of that aside, let's go ahead and start talking about the kind of list of things that we do um, 
to just feel safe and be safe. Instead of just going on with all these bad events that have happened or could happen, um, I, I think this is more of like an informational Absolutely. Um, thing. And so, like you said, um, we do several things to, to, for one, make us feel safe, but then on another note, legitimately um, make us, you know, less of have less chance of being victims not be a liability yeah not being liability being our own biggest advocates mm -hmm. and assets so with that being said i this is just kind of our personality but we're not really from anywhere like we don't have roots down somewhere right now mm -hmm. and so we are kind of always um around different people mm -hmm. different different uh different personalities and so, uh, with that being said, we watch a lot of people. We look mm -hmm. at a lot of people. And people we, watching is one of my favorite hobbies, yeah. legitimately. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we have to judge the cover of a lot of books. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying that everyone is like this, but um, w there is always the, um, th there's always the thought in my head of what is going to be my, what's my way out of this situation. Mm -hmm. um, and I am always a little bit paranoid and always a little bit cautious. Mm -hmm. uh, th that means if we're in a Cracker Barrel parking lot for the night and going to have coffee there the next morning, uh, if, if there's like a car door closed around me, I have no problem with you know, always lifting the blind up to look and turning the light off before I do that so I'm not silhouetted. Because you never know. Somebody could be grabbing something out of the bed that they think they want more than we do. Mm -hmm. Or, you never know, they could be coming to the RV. Mm -hmm. um, they're just... There, there are so many situations in which being cautious and being paranoid, I think, can can serve you a very good benefit. Yeah, and I mean, 99.9% .9 of the time, it's something very benign. Like, mm -hmm. it's not someone coming to look in the bed of the truck. It's an employee getting off of work and going home or something like that. But that one small percent of the time where something might be a little bit hinky, wouldn't you rather know about it and be able to kind of get ahead of something happening rather than being taken by surprise. I know I definitely would. Yeah. And that's a big part of the reason why we are that way. Um, and it's just, it's just better to be safe and sorry. Yeah. And so along with, uh, not, not exactly paranoid, um, but being cautious, um, I think most people listening to this would know that we are pro second amendment items. Mm -hmm. And I, will always have something um, with me so that I can, you know, be my own biggest advocate, like I said. Um, and that's because I don't know all these people. I see all the covers of all of these books. I don't know what the words say inside. Um, and, and you're never going to know everybody or, in, or everybody's intentions. And so it's like, well, if something goes down, I've got something to help me and you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really, really important. I, I recognize the fact that, unfortunately, not everybody has the ability to obtain like a, a handgun or something like that to defend themselves with. I think that's a shame, but it's the world that we live in. So 
you need to have something to defend yourself. I don't care if it's a handgun, a large bowie knife, um, a, a frying pan. Like, I don't care what it is, but it needs to be something that you can access easily and you feel confident using against, like, maybe a would-be attacker or something mm -hmm. like that. Because, of course, we don't go into any experience or situation expecting something to happen. But we are going to be prepared in case something does happen. We're going to have an exit strategy if we need it. We're going to have a way to defend ourselves if we get backed into a corner. It's just having that mindset so that you don't end up in a really unfortunate, unfortunate mm -hmm. situation. And I know that not everybody can have a, a handgun, mm -hmm. um, but you need to have something, some, yeah. something, just mm -hmm. whatever it is that you feel confident using. I, I don't even care if it's a broomstick. Like you need yeah. something. You browsed over something else there that goes with that. And that's probably just the military people in us, but it, it, it's, we, we sit, if we go into restaurants with Cracker Barrels, um, we sit where we watch the door because I, I've never been in a place when it got robbed, but wouldn't you want to know what's going on um, as soon as you can if something like that happened? Well, um, yeah, not only and, that, but but you figure you go into these places and you look like an out-of-towner. Like People oh, can yeah. tell if you're not yeah. from the area, and I would much rather have my back against a wall than against a whole bunch of people who are like trying to size me up and decide whether or not I have yeah. something worth taking. And, and I like watching our vehicle. Whenever we are in an area where we where we have the ability to, um, that's just the the generals of our. I guess it's become our personality. Mm -hmm. Is because we're we're in all these areas and we're not exactly you know the locals. Mm -hmm. um, very very often, if at all. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, um, getting into something else, um, we also have the dogs. I think dogs are, um, or, or some kind of alert system. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can have cameras on an RV. I know some people do. Mm -hmm. Where they can, like, watch from a bird's eye view anything around them. But we have dogs, and while they're not aggressive or anything, um, uh, our dogs are, are very good at, they, they hear things way better than we do, and they like letting us know when they hear things that we know we don't know. Mm -hmm. Um and so that that is a super invaluable thing. It can it can sometimes be relatively annoying if it's somebody minding their own business and exercising that's running by, um, and it's like hush hush hush. You're fine. It's fine. I hear you. I see it. Thanks, man. Um, but I think that's a that's a pretty good resource to have. It is absolutely, and I I do think that if push came to shove. Um, and they needed to, I, I definitely know Apollo would get mm -hmm. between us and, and danger just because that's definitely his personality. And I know that if I were traveling, traveling alone, there's no way I wouldn't have a big dog. I know people love little dogs and little dogs are a lot more convenient to, to travel with maybe, but there's only so much that like a little Chihuahua or a Jack Russell Terrier is going to be able to do. And they don't really send a message. I would much rather have like, um, like a Rottweiler or a German Shepherd, especially the breeds that are known for being very, very loyal and um, very not, prone to defending their, yeah, their home. Not, not outwardly aggressive, but no. you're talking about the ones that, that, that know who is in their pack and that they will not stand outsiders mm -hmm. um, 
trying to break it apart. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's a bit, I mean, I would have dogs anyway, just because I love animals so much and it's such a reward to be able to travel with them and have their companionship. But the safety aspect is a big piece of it. And I know for a fact that if somebody is kind of like sizing you up, if you have dogs, they're probably a lot less likely to, to mess with you because That'd be something else yeah, they'd have to deal with. Exactly. And that's just another variable that they probably don't don't want to have to worry about. So that's a huge thing. The other thing, and we started doing this just after this most recent experience, um, but we probably should have been doing it a lot sooner. I honestly just didn't think about it. But once we had our route figured out, we went ahead and went in and saved all of the locations of sheriff's departments and police departments along our route anywhere nearby and we just save them and have them all bookmarked so that we don't have to worry about like being in a situation where we don't have reception and can't pull up the directions like it's mm -hmm. already saved in maps yeah if i'm driving i can usually always find quickly or remember what road we're on so it's like all right i need to keep going north on this highway and then there's this area that's a larger intersection i need to turn that way get close to my resources and it, it not like we were in immediate danger um, whenever this like situation of being followed and whatever we want to call that situation we recently had. Um, but uh, it, it would have been nice if I could have immediately had all of those things that that we have now on my maps, like the the locations to go exactly to mm -hmm. um, because you never know when you're going to have service or not. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying you, I, I'm not saying I think it's a great idea to go, you know, if you're traveling from a state on the East Coast to a state on the West Coast, don't go through and painstakingly bookmark every single resource along the way. Um, but if, you, if you're not going to be near a big city and you're going to be in places where you might not have service, I think it's it's a worthwhile um, investment of your time mm -hmm. to try and stack some cards in your favor, and that's all we're trying yeah. to do. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know I don't know how like Apple Maps works, but with Google Maps, you can go in and I, I'm, you should know this if you don't know it. Go and go and poke around a little bit. But you can go in and like save locations and bookmark things. Like we do that with boondocking spots. Um, we do that with like places we find that we want to go to at some point. People's and, addresses yeah people's addresses sync which is really really nice and then also the the police departments and it's just another thing to have in your back pocket in case in case you need it um, another thing that we do and we started doing this relatively recently too and I think you kind of did it by accident and then forgot to turn it off and then it was like oh this is actually a really good idea Stuart and I have shared our locations with each other like the active location yeah like the active location um, on Google Maps so whenever I open up the app there's a little dot with an S on it and I know that that's Stuart and then on his there's a little dot and that's me and sharing your location with somebody is a really really good idea um, even if even if you are traveling with someone else um, just so that somebody on the outside knows where you are oh yeah Here, here's a here's a terrible example that I could think of that hasn't happened and I hope it never happens but imagine I'm sitting in the RV and you walk down to that beach along this river and you go and do yoga and 30 minutes goes by and I kind of look out there and you're not there and it's like oh maybe she picked another spot but then maybe I wait another 15 minutes can't find you 
and I pull up my maps and it's like, oh, she's over there. Um, a, a terrible version of that is, what the heck is her location doing going down that highway an hour away now? Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. It, it just, uh, having somebody on the outside um, mm-hmm. that can kind of keep an eye on you a little bit is, is a really good idea. I mean, it's like that hiking etiquette thing, you know, if you're going to go out in the wilderness, go hiking or something, you let somebody know, hey, this is where I'm going to be leaving from. This is how long I anticipate being gone. And this is when I'm going to be back so that if something goes amiss, they can kind of get the ball rolling on trying to find you. It's the same basic principle, just on like a little bit of a broader scale. And I think it's one example of technology that's that's really, really good because you can kind of use that to your advantage. So share share your location with a friend, with a parent, with somebody who is going to care if something happens to you and let them know, hey, this is where I'm going to be. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that you have that like extra layer of accountability and an- yeah. another added piece to to the puzzle of, of safety, you know? Yeah, there's been uh, dozens of times in which I've just sent nothing more than just the coordinates to a group with my family or your family or some friends of ours just to be like, we out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and not, not always bragging about it, um, but sometimes it's like, hey, this is a good spot if y'all ever wanted it mm-hmm. to other friends with RVs. Um, but also, it's yeah, it's just that safety thing. And it's yeah. nice to let people know where you are, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I just, think it's important. Yeah, it's just a, a human kind of way of sending a letter in the mail mm-hmm. um, to let people know how you're doing in your life and, mm-hmm. and where you're at and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the last thing, and this, and this is just a good summary of everything that we've covered, is just try to rem- not, don't take chances. Like, just try to keep that safety mindset and just don't take chances Mm -hmm. because you just never know what's going to happen. And it's, it's just, it's too easy to take some of these steps and be a little bit careful and a little bit safer. And then you don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. things happening and you can enjoy the experiences that you are having and make those awesome memories and have that positive perspective on everything. All of this stuff, if, you've, if you're not the kind of person who thinks about these kinds of things frequently, maybe it can feel a little bit overwhelming and a little bit scary and a little bit just, just like a lot, but it really isn't. When you start putting everything in motion and you have all of those different things in play, mm. it's just just more tools for you to use and it, it just adds to the overall quality of, of your life. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be scary. Yeah. Um you don't have to to go out and um, basically not trust everybody you ever meet, but you do need to just be aware of your surroundings and the possibilities of things going bad. Mm -hmm. Um, The world can be a scary place, um, and there are good things and there are bad things that happen to people um, that are very tragic. Mm -hmm. Um, But that does not mean that you cannot live your life. Absolutely. Um, these are these are just. I, I I think it was just for one topical and a very valuable thing to talk about, in being that you know we all as people need to um, have the wherewithal to take charge of our own lives mm-hmm. um, and and run our lives instead of 
instead of being victims and letting our lives run us. And hoping that somebody else yeah. will be there to yeah. to rescue you if you need yeah. it. Because help could be a long way away. Yeah. Here, Another example would be like we have five gallons of diesel um, in, in the bed of the truck, um, kind of in the dog's enclosure. Um, because you, you never know if, for one, uh, it, traveling with large amounts of cash can be very scary. Um, so using a card that you, you can get some kind of like fraud protection and you don't have to, you know, have a, a stack of bills waving around. Mm -hmm. um, we carry extra fuel with us and we might not be able to get to a place sometimes where we could get fuel. Mm -hmm. And so instead of relying on other people to help us or for say, for instance, getting stranded while someone's following you, um, it, it was awful. It's awful nice to, to look down at the dash and see you got three quarters of a tank. Mm -hmm. And so we just, we just stack the cards in our favor. Um, and we're, we're not afraid to live our lives. Um, there are decisions we make, um, that are, are for our safety, but they're not out of fear. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is we don't do anything out of fear. We do it out of a desire to be prepared and, and to be as prepared as possible. Mm -hmm. And that goes for many aspects in our life, not just the safety piece. And there are, of course, other things that you can do to be safe. This is just the the big ones that were occurring to us when we were thinking back on this experience and it's like, man, I'm so glad we did this or we need to make sure that we always do this going forward or whatever the case may be. There are other things that you can do too, but it's just to kind of get those, those mental juices flowing in a direction of how do I keep myself safe? And I think that all of this stuff is, is good stuff to keep in mind and that's why we yeah. wanted to share it. Yeah. I think it, it all has its place and value. And, and like you said earlier, it can be overwhelming if someone is not familiar with this way of doing things and way of living like we do. But I think you can apply it to, to pretty much everyday things. Um, and just finding, finding a way to, to, finding a way to protect your value as a person and your independence mm -hmm. is, is just vital, mm -hmm. um, in this day and age. Absolutely. And we hope y'all have found value in this too, because I find value in looking back on it and seeing things that I can change and mm -hmm. seeing things that uh, we did right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very validating to know that like the things that we've done have paid off and I will never, ever, ever again feel bad for like being overly cautious or being like a little bit suspicious of somebody. Cause sometimes I will feel kind of bad if I, if I see somebody and, and I start to kind of like go down that mental path of thinking that maybe they, they aren't up to any good and it's like, well, you don't know, like, why are you judging this person prematurely? I will never apologize for that again because you just, you don't know, like you just don't know. And I think this experience is a good, a good lesson towards that. So yeah, we hope that this can add value to somebody's life. Um, in some way, shape or form. So, and if there's like some safety piece that you always do or that you really find useful, absolutely let us know. Um, there's things that we've picked up from people along the way, little tips and tricks and, and that kind of thing that we use too. And it's really cool to kind of swap those techniques with and ideas with different people because we all have a different way of going about doing it. And there is no like one sure way to be safe. It's really just what fits into your lifestyle, what you're comfortable with, and um, what you have confidence in. Mm -hmm. 
I think I think that kind of rounds out our our whole safety piece mm -hmm. and and most of this podcast. Um, and we don't want these to seem super dark. Um, and this is this is all with the the intention of trying to 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 find some way to add value and be to, informative. And, yeah, yeah, to be informative and add value to the things that the people here listening know. Mm -hmm. um, so with that being said, we we've kind of touched on this and, and we do it at the end of every episode. Um, but this is a, a perfect way to transition into the fact that um, we try and keep things light at the end and always finish on a positive note. Um, and it's it's funny enough, but we, we do uh, like a what we call our feel-good story. And um, if I'm looking at the headline correctly, this is about the actions of a police officer. So that that's pretty topical um, and cool. And so can you, you want to go ahead and share with us the feel-good story that rounds us out? Yeah, I I didn't even really think about it um, when I found this story and chose it. I just really liked the the headline and everything, but it is topical considering that we were talking about like police officers and, and appreciating them for their effort and everything. So the headline for this story is, The police officer took a bruised toddler from an abusive home. She took his heart. And this is from October of 2021, and I will link it down in the show notes if you want to read it for yourself. So this is from Kingman, Arizona, and it says, A Christmas tree full of ornaments inside Lieutenant Brian Zach's office tells you Christmas is his favorite time of year. But the police officer knows presents aren't always perfectly wrapped under the tree. Zach, who's 40, met one of life's greatest gifts during a welfare check four years ago in Kingman, Arizona. The town is known as being the heart of historic Route 66, and most police calls concern theft or drugs or domestic violence. This time, Zach was being asked to help on a case of child abuse. Waiting for him was a two-year-old girl named Kayla. My heart felt for this little girl who was covered in bruises. She just had a very strong spirit, Zach told CNN. She had a skull fracture, brain bleed, and a dislocated elbow. It wasn't the first time Zach had seen a child in need during his work. I had a 13-month-old die. That was hard. It is something that is emotionally scarring that I relive every time I talk about it, Zach said. Look, Kayla could be that little girl, but God had a different plan. He made friends with Kayla as they first waited for social workers, and his kindness was remembered when authorities started looking for a foster family. The question that changed our life forever was, would you actually consider being a placement home? And immediately, we said yes, Zach said. Kayla was only supposed to be with Zach and his wife and their two older children, Raina and Trevin, for a short time. They said it would only be a couple weeks to a month until they could find a placement home for her. We played it week by week, month by month, court date by court date, not knowing how long we would really have, Zach said. While waiting, Zach often thought about where Kayla would live long term. If I stopped and thought about it, it would make me sick to my stomach, not knowing what this girl's future would be if she left, he said, swallowing tears. Having seen what happens when children are in the system, it made me worry a lot more. The family started creating memories with Kayla, including trips to Disneyland and Hawaii. Now, four years later, Zach and his wife are her adoptive parents. Detective Heath Mosby attended the same high school as Zach, and they became closer friends on the force. We started out rookies together, he said, and though they knew each other well, Mosby had no idea what was coming for Zach. I was awestruck. I never heard of any of our officers doing that, he said. When it came down to adoption, it was like, wow, especially after the journey she went through. 
Zach is of great value to the Kingman community, Mosby said. He's following in the footsteps of his forebears and mentors. His father was a state trooper, and his grandfather was one of the first motorcycle officers for the same agency where Zach is now a lieutenant. Their badges are displayed on a shelf in Zach's office. It is very much in my blood. I feel very fortunate to have the career I've had and help the people that I've helped. You get to see the difference you make. You get to know the people you help, and these are very, very kind people. Zach said, and for those who are on the force and uh, and for those who are on the fence about fostering or adopting, Zach says it's one of the best decisions he and his family have made. Just do it. The pros process isn't as harsh or overburdened as we thought. Zach said, and there's a picture here of Zach and the little girl, and she looks like she's probably like five or six, like in a restaurant, and it's like a selfie, and she's like having ice cream, and it's just a cutest most wholesome thing and i like got chills reading the story yeah i'm sitting here gripping my fist and being like this is yes this <laughs> is this is th these are the kinds of people um that just I, I i can't quite articulate it but this is the this is the kind of guy that i would love to know Exactly. Um, these Good, are, these, wholesome people. Yeah, these are these are the people that I that I identify and and socialize with mm -hmm. um, when I can. Um, I, it, it takes a lot for one to be a police officer. Absolutely. Um, and to it not just you know Andy Griffith and Mayberry anymore. Um, under extreme pressures, uh, this guy has for one found a way to succeed in spite of all the things outside of him. Um, but then take some of those bad things that are happening in the world and make the best situations that they can um, in, in such a selfless way. Mm -hmm. And this is just like, that's the embodiment of what you want a wholesome society to be like. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and think about the like impact that he's had on that little girl's life. I mean, he's completely turned it around for her and given her a whole new future that she otherwise might not have had. Um, I'm a huge believer in adoption and in fostering and the system is, is really, really tough to work with. I know people from growing up who fostered and, and tried to go through the adoption process and it is brutal and it shouldn't be because you're just, you're trying to give a kid a better life, but if you can get through it, it's so rewarding and you have the opportunity to, to give somebody a whole new life that they otherwise wouldn't have had and yeah the, the whole story really made me feel warm and i i liked it a lot so i hope that you guys enjoyed it too because i think we need to especially after talking about the kinds of things we were talking about today it's really important to remember that most people really are good people and there are people out there who are going above and beyond to try to improve society and and make this this planet a better place all day behind the scenes Absolutely. they're not doing it for glory um, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's really nice to know. And this is just one of those things that we're sharing because it's, um, no matter what's going on or no matter what is going on with us or no matter what's going on in your world, I understand we all have battles and there are bad things always happening, but there are always good things happening around us too. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this is kind of, man, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to get too inspirational, but, um. I, I really, really like these uplifting things that we talk about. They, 
if nothing else, help me. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> Absolutely. So that is where we will leave you for this week. I hope that makes you feel good and positive, and I hope we gave you some food for thought and things that you can take with you going forward. Please, um, if you haven't already and you've been listening to the podcast for a while, please make sure that you subscribe and um, rate and review as well. It really does help the podcast out a lot. It lets the algorithm know that this is something that people want to see and they'll, they'll push it out to more people. Maybe share it with somebody that you think would enjoy it or would enjoy a particular episode that we've covered. And if you would like to connect with us outside of the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Maybe We're Just Rambling. Um, I've been posting a lot more on there recently just because we've been traveling and um, we've had more content to share. So that's a great way to catch up with us and and stay up to speed with everything that we've got going on. But all of that aside, we, we, we're trying this sounds like word vomit, um, but we're, (laughs) we're actually doing it now. So, so, so there's that, but we're trying to do this on a much more consistent basis Mm -hmm. and we appreciate all of you listening and we hope you will tune in for the next episode so that being said we've we've been we've been talking for a while my name's Stuart and I'm Rebecca this has been our ramble